Will the New Orleans Saints be able to contain rookie quarterback Bryce Young? It's the big question on everybody's mind. I think I've got an idea of how they can do it. We got all of that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, check out our exclusive film studies, Q&As, early access, inside information, and much more. Become a Locked On Saints insider today by heading over to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Saints. You join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson. Nola on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, Saints News Network, Tuesdays in London NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday, and then some on Locked On Saints. And on today's live edition of Locked on Saints. Big shout out to everybody here live or here later. Very much appreciate y'all being here. Brian, Jerry, Molly, g Easy 777 Scott, I see y'all. Kai, I appreciate you very much for being here. On this live episode, we're going to go about 15, 20 minutes today, just getting you updated on everything that we learned from today's practice and our pressers and conversations with uh, Joe Woods, Pete Carmichael, and of course, Darren Rizzi as well. Um, are the rookies going to be able to have a big impact in this game? Well, they're certainly going to get an opportunity to, it looks like. We're going to take a look at that. We're also going to take a look at Juwan Johnson back in full in practice. How is it that he will continue to contribute to this New Orleans Saints offense? And to kick us off, the challenge of containing Bryce Young begins now. And it's, of course, a huge, huge piece of the puzzle when it comes to winning or not winning, against the Carolina Panthers on Monday night. Bryce Young is a far more athletic quarterback than a guy like Ryan Tannehill, and there is a lot less film on a Bryce Young in terms of how to prepare for him, how to build your rush plan around him, all of these other things. So I wanted to kind of come in today and discuss who are some of the players that are going to be key to containing Bryce Young as best as they can, and how the Saints might go about doing it. Before we get to that, let me play you a little bit of Uh, our conversation today with defensive coordinator Joe Woods, who spoke on the challenge that comes with uh, trying to contain a guy like Bryce Young and how you might have to kind of just accept the inevitable. Honestly, it's going to happen. He's going to get loose. I mean, there's obviously things we're going to do with the pass rush, um, coverage, things we can do in coverage, bring pressure. But at some point in the game, he's going to break free. So you have to coach both sides of it. Right, hey, you guys, we're going to do things, but hey, he's going to get loose, so we're going to have to do a great job staying in coverage. You know, I got to say, you got to cover him twice. He's a guy you got to cover him twice because he's going he's gonna to break your thing. Times. This is the way that I like seeing coaching. This is entirely personal, right? This is entirely me saying I like this thing, whatever that means to you. Um, but this is the way that I like coaching. I like to see when coaches come in and are realistic about the expectations. I uh, and, and there's a lot of players that do that as well. I asked a Saints player last week before Jeffrey Simmons was in the building and mentioned that Jeffrey Simmons was one of the, you know, that, that you know, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Simmons is like an outstanding defensive interior player for the Tennessee Titans. And I asked that player, how do you guard Jeffrey Simmons? And that player looked at me and said, you treat him like everybody else and you play football. 
And I love that because a part of your expectations and managing expectations going into a game as an NFL player are to understand that you can't win every rep and you're not going to win every rep. Look, every now and then you're going to have a dominant 24 to zero shutout. You're going to have a dominant 20 to zero shutout. You're going to have those things. But even those games, things don't always go perfect, right? So you have to be ready to respond. And that becomes the big piece. So what I really liked about the way that Joe Woods kind of handled this question, uh, which basically what I asked was like, what are the challenges of preparing for a guy like Bryce Young and the balance between getting a pass rush there, but not opening up run lanes, right? So like, how do you try to guard against both? And the thing that I really liked about Joe Woods' response there is that, look, it's going to happen, right? It's going to happen. So you have to be prepared for both. So instead of coaching and saying, we can't let this thing happen, right? The way that he's coaching is, we're going to try to not let that thing happen. But when that thing does happen, here's how we counteract that. Here's how we deal with that. And that I have a high, high level of appreciation for because I do think that that is kind of what you have to be ready for when it comes to these young quarterbacks. Look, there's not film on Bryce Young, all right? There's one game. Oh, but he played in the preseason. No, there's one game. The preseason games, too vanilla. You're not really looking at that and saying, okay, well, here's what we know about Bryce Young based on some preseason stuff. Um, here's what we know about Bryce Young from watching him play in college. That doesn't really apply either because it's an entirely different game at that point. So for New Orleans, thank you very much, D. I appreciate that. And for New Orleans, the big thing that you're looking at is how do you prepare for both? How do you prepare for getting pressure on him, but not letting the run lanes format but that, or, or, or formulate, if you will? But then how do you counteract when those run lanes are there and then go in and make those stops? So here's a couple of players that I think are going to be a big part of that. I'm going to start with Cam Jordan, right? Cam Jordan is the guy that's the tone setter. What we know about Bryce Young so far is that he's a right-handed quarterback. Why is that important? Because there's two things that you know he's going to want to do when pressure is on. One is that he's going to want to step up into the pocket like any good quarterback would want to do, but also quarterbacks of his size and his stature, they want to step up into the pocket when they feel pressure around the edge. It's natural, and that's the right thing for a quarterback to do. Instead of evading pressure by running left or right and you know getting outside the pocket, having to throw on the run, all those things. Step up, keep your keep your base, keep your eyes upfield, all those or downfield, excuse me, all of those things. But the other thing you know that he's going to want to do is that if he's got to run to one side, he's probably going to want to run naturally to the right side of the field. Why? Because he's a right-handed quarterback. So that's where that comes in. He takes the snap, he opens his shoulders. Where is his where are his shoulders open? The right side of the field, right? In order for him to run left, he's got to turn over his front shoulder or worse, turn over his back shoulder in order to escape. Doesn't mean he can't do that. Doesn't mean that he won't do that. Doesn't mean that those things won't happen, all that. But mostly what we're talking about here is that you're going to run to your right side because that's what's most natural. And that's where a 777 is. They not run in Cam's way. So that's where Cam gets the opportunity to be able to set that edge and be able to set the tone for what's going to be allowed and not going to be allowed in those run lanes. Another player that I'll highlight is Carl Granderson. He's obviously on that other side, but One of the things you like about Carl Granderson is the fact that he can run the stunt game. When you're going up against a young quarterback as well as a as well as a smaller quarterback, you want to get pressure up the middle. Doesn't entirely always come down to just the defensive interior getting that pressure up the middle. The couple of times that uh, he was Bryce Young was flushed out of the pocket or sacked or moved off of his spot or hurried. And last week's game against the Atlanta Falcons happened because someone from the edge on the outside ran a stunt and came right up the middle in and, you know, got that pressure right up the middle. 
that's exactly what you're wanting to get. You're wanting to get that pressure right in the face of Bryce Young so that he has to be able to kind of make adjustments, you know, change the trajectory of his throws, whatever that might be. Get your hands up if you can't get there. That's another reason why I mentioned Demario Davis, because Demario Davis and Brian Brzee ran that exact same kind of stunt to perfection on Paulson Adebo's interception at the uh, during that Tennessee Titans game. Uh, Brian Brzee crashed basically the entire left side of the line. Demario Davis swung behind him and then pressure right up the middle. And then that caused Ryan Tannehill to rush the pass and then basically threw it directly to Paulson Adebo. So for me, those players, Carl Granderson, Demario Davis over on one side, as well as Demario Davis being a guy that can stunt, um, Cam Jordan being a guy that can set the edge, and then Brian Brzee being a guy that can crash from the middle, those things become really, really important in generating this pressure against Bryce Young. There's another guy too. It's going to get some opportunities this week, very likely. And that's Isaiah Foskey. Isaiah Foskey is a guy that they specifically mentioned. They went out and gotten one of the reasons why they do like him is that he has the athleticism and the ability to change direction to be able to help you against mobile quarterbacks. So that's one of those other pe- people that's going to be able to get those opportunities. We're going to circle back around to Isaiah Foskey in a little bit because he's one of three rookies. Three rookies? four rookies. They could potentially have a big impact on Monday night against the Carolina Panthers. We're not done yet though. The next thing that I want to get to is Juwan Johnson. Juwan Johnson elevated from limited to full in practice today. What does that mean for the New Orleans Saints? And what are we looking for in tomorrow's practice? We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, be honest with me. Do you have your tickets yet? Huh? You got them? You got your tickets yet for the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers in Charlotte on Mint Street at Bank of America Stadium? If you don't, don't worry about it. It's all good. Game Time has you all taken care of. You can head over to Game Time, download the app today, and you're going to be able to get deals on any of the events that you're interested in, sports, theater, uh, music, concerts, whatever it is, all the way down to the day of the event itself. And you don't have to deal with any of the stress. It takes like seconds, like two clicks. You get to actually see where you're sitting, right? You get to see like the vantage point so that there's no surprises. You don't accidentally show up and find out that you're sitting behind a beam or a big column of some sort. Nope, you ain't got to deal with any of that. You can shop without all the stress over at Game Time today. Download the Game Time app, create uh, create an account, use promo code Locked on NFL. You're gonna get $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked on NFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And today's episode of Locked on State is also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. You already know how much I love me some Prize Picks. I ain't got no time for no no daily, I mean, for no fantasy football, full league redrafts, resetting your lineups, dealing with bad trade offers from people within the league, bad commissioners, all that stuff. I ain't got no time for that. I like me some Prize Picks, nice and simple. All I got to do is use my football knowledge. Do I think that this player is going to have more or less than the Prize Picks projection? I choose two to six of those players, allows me to take $10 and getting 25 times back up to, it can turn that $10 to 250 bucks, 250. Very nice. I love me some prize picks. I know that you're going to love you some prize picks too. So head over today to prizepicks.com. So it's locked on NFL. Use promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Put 50 down, get 50. Put 100, get 100. Once again, that is prizepicks.com. So it's locked on NFL. Use promo code locked on NFL for a first time. First? Yeah, first. There's a T in that. First time deposit match up to 100 let's get it who that nation wrapping up our live episode here of locked on saints with a quick look at the 
injury report and really just kind of like the, the the two big things when it comes to uh, injury report. Too fitty. Uh, <laughs> uh, when it comes to, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still vibing off of my prize picks read. Uh, <laughs> but the, the big thing that I wanted to look at when it came to the injury report are, are the two big pieces of news that, that came from the injury report today here on Friday, which is technically Thursday because it's a Monday game. I know it's all weird. Uh, so the Saints will practice again tomorrow, which means another Saturday episode, actually two Saturday episodes. I'll tell you more about those in a little bit. Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. I'm a little, I'm having fun. Okay. We're having a good time. Um, but so when it comes to the Saints injury report today, the two things that were the most standout ish of the, um, of the injury report is that Jawan Johnson healthy, right? He's back. He's back. Hey, he's full, full participation. That That's good. Like that's kind of what we expected to see at least at some point this week. Maybe it wasn't going to be today. Maybe it was going to be Saturday, whatever. Uh, but you know, we saw him moving around in practice on Thursday for the little bit that we got to see looked fine, looked good. Let me say it that way. I don't want to say looked fine, but I will say look good. Um, today, same thing. Saw him like running some of the blocking drills and things like that. And, and if you think about like blocking right a lot of it is driving with the lower half of uh lower half of the body if it's a calf injury and and it was a thing where it was like oh yeah no we're not really sure you're probably not going to have him doing those block and drive uh type drills and so when i saw that i was like no okay well we'll see we'll see what happens the injury report comes out injury report came out full participation so that's great because juan johnson should be a big piece of what the new orleans saints are trying to do this weekend look the carolina panthers on the defensive side played a lot of cover three. That's when you have a, a like a deep safety and then two other deep defensive backs. So think about, you know, 15 to 20 yards or deeper downfield being broken in, broken into thirds, right? It's a different defender taking each third um, in between the hashes, outside the hashes on the left, outside the hashes on the right. And so when you think about how do you attack that, one of the ways that you attack that is up the seam, right? You try to get in between the hash and the numbers. And so with all of that, I think that guys like Juwan Johnson, Foster Moreau, and Jimmy Graham should be a big part of the game plan this week, or a bigger part of the game plan this week than what we saw week one. I, I think the Saints were kind of wise to not show everything. You know, you didn't see a lot of Jimmy Graham in the red zone, didn't see a lot of Taysom Hill. Maybe you see a little bit more of each of those, you know, elements um, in this game against the, the the Carolina Panthers, but certainly a guy like Juwan Johnson helps a ton, right? Um, because you end up seeing him being a guy that can attack the the, the seam. He can be a guy that you can run that all goes special with and try to hit him uh, you know, at the hash marks and things like that. So so those pieces are going to be really, really important in terms of how Juwan Johnson ends up impacting your game. Plus, of course, you know, you've got, you know, blocking responsibilities and all those other things. He's a part of what keeps the car running, if you will. Um, borrowing that one from uh, uh, Anastasio there. Uh, and then the, the other player that I, I think that we're all kind of like watching, right, and keeping a real big eye on is Kendra Miller, the, the rookie running back out of TCU. And this kind of transitions up into our third and final topic here to where we're taking a look at like rookies that can have an impact in this game. Uh, Kendra Miller limited again on Thursday or, or, or today on Friday, which again, I mentioned like don't expect him to ever be elevated to full this week, right? Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday limited doesn't mean that he can't play on Monday at all. It, it, it doesn't bar him from playing on Monday. He could be limited all three days and then still play. Now, maybe we see him elevate up to full on Saturday. He's another one of those players that like he's still got the brace on the knee, but you can see him moving around pretty well, pretty fluidly, things like that. So I would say he looks, I don't want to say fine, but he looked good, right? Like he looks good. And so I think that that's maybe the next thing that you're, that you're looking at for him is what's the elevation? Like, does he elevate to full tomorrow? I, I just want to, I want to reiterate 
Last year, the New Orleans Saints had less than 10 players on their injury report. I'm fairly certain only one time, week 12. And in that injury report, I believe there were still eight players on the injury report. Today, or really if you think back to, to, to Thursday, the first injury report of this week, five players listed on the injury report, right? Two of them rest and two of them returning, right? Kendra Miller, JT Gray did not practice last week. They were on the injury report this week because they were returning after not participating in practice last week. And then you had um, Juwan Johnson, who's now gone from limited up to, uh, up to full, right? Nastasio, thank you so much for the subscription. Um, so I think that like, that's the thing that you're really trying to take away here is that, hey, hey, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This New Orleans Saints team's looking mighty healthy. And so because of that, you get now some of the, and, and, and really because of the, the health of the team, but also where there hasn't been the health that you hoped, there's now an opportunity for like four rookies to have a major impact this weekend. Let me explain to you how. So Kendra Miller's a big one, right? He gets to now kind of split some snaps with J, uh, Jamal Williams. If he's good to go on Monday, if he's good to go on Monday, then he would have that role. Jamal Williams took 75% of running back snaps for the New Orleans Saints. The Saints don't want any running back taking 75% of snaps. They want to rotate like crazy, right? Like they want that running back by committee. They want the change of pace, all those other things. So I think that when you look at uh, Jamal Williams, you're probably actually hoping that you got like a 60-40 split right now. And then when Alvin Kamara shows up, you're probably like 48K in terms of percentage, 48K, 40 uh, Jamal Williams, and then like 20%, you know, Kendra Miller and the other guys. And so now you get a little bit closer to that with having a Kendra Miller potentially back on Monday. So he could have a big impact on the New Orleans Saints having a run game. And and you know what? Kudos to the New Orleans Saints. Look, they they average only 2.6 rushing yards against the Tennessee Titans last Sunday, but they still ran 27 times. They remained committed to the run game. That's important. That's important. And so you want to see the same thing from the New Orleans Saints, but you would like to see a little bit more production, a little bit more productivity, maybe a little bit of boom and zoom. Hmm? Might be able to help out with that. Um, the other players that you're thinking about are, are, are Brian Brzee, who we already talked about and how he can have an impact, particularly with helping and aiding to get pressure on uh, Bryce Young. Also, he being a player that could get pressure on Bryce Young as the athletic interior penetrator, the athletic interior pass rusher. Those are things that you want to see from, from, from Brian Brzee. So that's clear. Isaiah Foskey is the other who we mentioned before. Uh, Isaiah Foskey being a guy that the Saints really like on the edge. He's now going to be kind of thrust into this situation to where with Peyton Turner out on, um, on injured reserve, dealing with that. Um, Dealing with that turf toe injury, which is going to require surgery, the dislocated toe injury, which is going to require surgery. Um, Isaiah Foskey now, all of a sudden, it's like, hey, buddy, trial by fire. Here you go. You're you're here now, right? He's very, I think he's going to be the guy to be active. Uh, we'll see if Kyle Phillips is maybe also active and how the Saints deal with all that. They still have an open roster spot as well. It's only carrying 52 players on the, on, on the roster. Um, and so I think that there is that Isaiah Foskey element of, okay, one of the things that the New Orleans Saints really liked about Foskey was how he could potentially contribute to them as a guy that can help you counteract the mobile athletic quarterback. Well, here's a mobile athletic quarterback right off the bat, and that's probably going to be Isaiah Foskey's first game or possibly going to be Isaiah Foskey's first game. So we'll see if he'll get the opportunity to, to impact. Here's the last one, and this is the, this is the note that I'll leave you with. Um, the last rookie that I'm looking at, or not the last, but like the fourth rookie that I'm looking at that can have a big impact in this game um, is wide receiver A.T. Perry. If he's active, he was inactive last week, kind of a numbers game there. You got four wide receivers ahead, all these other things. They wanted to get the tight ends a little bit more involved, which they kind of did, kind of didn't. Um, but then they also wanted extra running backs active, which makes a ton of sense too. And so if A.T. Perry is available for this game, 
here's why he potentially impacts. Listen to this. This is the average height and weight of Carolina Panthers cornerbacks, okay? Not including J.C. Horn, because J.C. Horn is out. 5'11", 191 pounds. Schleek. Now, listen, I weigh maybe 115 soaking wet, right? So I'm not talking bad about anybody here, but it includes three of their five cornerbacks, CB on their roster, three of their five cornerbacks coming in at under six foot and coming in at not under 200 pounds, but under 190 pounds. It includes three players at 186, 182, and 180 in terms of their listed weight. And that includes guys like Troy Hill and Dante Jackson, who are going to be among those who are going to be getting snaps in the New Orleans Saints secondary. So I'm just saying, if you got an opportunity here to have a guy that's six foot four with good leaping ability, nice, you know, good strength, and the ability to play a little bit of above the rim football, maybe having him out there against the five foot 10, 180 pound corners might be a good idea, along with a guy like Michael Thomas. So if this New Orleans Saints wide receiver room can be uber physical in this game, that's going to go a long way for them. And maybe A.T. Perry can help to contribute to that, or maybe even an elevated Shaq Davis. I just don't know if we're going to see that. So that's why I look at those four rookies as guys that could potentially have a big impact in this game against the Carolina Panthers. All right, let me tell you what we got coming up tomorrow. I have an, I'll have a morning episode for you tomorrow on Saturday, even though it's Saturday. I don't care. I don't care if it's Saturday. I want to do a show. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take my five biggest takes from this week and reiterate them for you. It's going to be a fresh episode. It's not going to be like a best of, cut up kind of thing. I'm going to reiterate them for you. We're going to kind of treat it like an in case you missed it, right? I don't know if you, if for everydayers who are around during the off season, you, you'll remember that every Friday we did a thing called in case you missed it, the, the biggest stories, make sure you were all caught up every Friday from the week. So what I'm going to do is tomorrow morning, I'm going to try something new. This is going to be completely new to the network, completely new to Locked on Saints, all that other stuff. So I'm going to want your feedback on this. I don't care how you get it to me, but I'm going to want your feedback on this. Five biggest takes, my five biggest takes from the week. I'm going to give them to you tomorrow morning. Then tomorrow afternoon, we'll be right back here, probably around like 6, 6.30 central time, like I've been able to do the past couple of days after practice to let you know what's going on with practice, game designations come out tomorrow, all of that. So we're going to get to all of that. Then we got the hurry up and the um, the hurry up and the extra point on the way for you as well. Just got the intro videos for those. Very excited to get started with all that. So I appreciate y'all very, very much. So much more on the way. Uh, I thank you very much to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Thank you to everybody here live. Thank you for everybody here later. Thank you for the shout out on the shirt. I'm wearing my uh, my Loke Dog shirt today. I was feeling I was feeling it. So I appreciate y'all coming through and for being here for another live episode of Locked on. Saints, thanks so much as always, y'all, for making me a part of your day, part of your routine, for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. And trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.